Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We are sitting in a blizzard in Park City, Utah. It is beautiful here. Oh, gosh, I wish you could all be here. It's a great day to decorate the Christmas tree, which we did. Well, we've had Christmas music on and the tree and trimming the tree. And and it's been snowing all day. It's afternoon on Friday as we record now. And there was a little glitch. We did this show this morning, and there was a little glitch on it. So we're redoing it. And uh, it's it's kind of good because it's always good to have a dress rehearsal, you know. <laughs> right. And, and this, he always has something new to say. And we're yeah. starting. And, and the topic today is really, I think, an important one. Uh, and in some ways, a pleasant one. In some ways, not. But before we get to that, um, I did think it'd be kind of fun to share that we, many of you know, we usually record Ayers on the Road on Friday morning. And then it goes live late that that day or early on Saturday. And we do it from wherever we are. And that used to be quite up in the air where we would be. And that's how the show got its name, Ayers on the Road. We did a few from airports, a few from airplanes. Uh, what's the weirdest place we ever did Ayers on the Road? From? Oh, I think going through security at the airport. Oh, that while was, we were going through security one day. We just took listeners along with us. Uh, I think that was in, was that in Saudi Arabia? Oh, I can't remember, but it was really not very nice. I'm sure the people were thrilled. Anyway, um, it has been a great day here. We hope that you're preparing for Christmas during this season. We don't know when you listen to it or where you are when you do, but we wish you were here because it is just Christmas central here right now. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We're going to be around. We're going to stick around, except we do have a little travel tomorrow, which ties into part of what we're going to talk about today. And so to start off on a somber note, it's been a hard couple of weeks uh, for us. We, we lost a little niece who died unexpectedly of a heart condition. An eight-year-old. In, in London. Sweet uh, little angel. Oh, my goodness. She just walked around looking like a pure angel. And suddenly, she just her heart just stopped, and they couldn't revive her. And then, and then we lost a lifetime friend of mine who was my doubles partner and and just a wonderful, wonderful friend, someone I had actually lined up with my cousin who we married and had been married to for 54 years. And we, we miss him so much. And, and that was just a matter of a couple of days. And then president Russell Ballard, who's been a mentor and a dear friend for such a long time, as many of you know, passed on and by far the most impactful, just less than a week ago, I lost my brother, my brother, Chris, who I was so close to and who has been uh, such a rock in our lives for such a long time. So sorry to start off on a downer, but uh, I don't think we've had four deaths that were that significant in our lives for years. No, we These haven't. all happened within a couple of weeks. So as you might guess, we've learned a lot in the last couple of weeks we about really have. heaven and 
life and uh, the fleetingness of life and so many interesting things. We were just with your brother, Chris, three weeks ago. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which had already spread to the liver. And so they thought he'd had it for several months, but he decided not to do anything to intervene. He would just get ready and go. And he did. It was absolutely amazing. We were with him three weeks ago and he was bright and talking to us. He was sitting in a chair, um, a recliner and not moving around much, but we had such a lovely conversation with him. Well, and he was so, it's a, it's a funny phrase to use. He was so ready to go. Now, I don't know even what that means exactly, except we just sensed with him that he was ready in so many ways. And actually, Linda, that's it's that readiness that we felt in him, that alignment, if you will, that's prompted the 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 topic that we want to discuss today. It's a it's, it's another three letter three letter lesson number thirty three, and it's really prompted largely by this wonderful brother of mine. And just before we get into it, I want to just say one word on. And and th- th- we all know this, but when it happens to you, it's an adjustment that's so interesting. We, at least, I think we most of us know that that grief is not something to be avoided or something to be to distract yourself from, or something to say. Well, I better just keep busy so I don't think about my grief. It's better to embrace the grief. It's better to feel it as deeply and possible and and fully as you can because you know the old phrase that uh there there would be no death without grief and there would be no grief without love or something to that effect and and i've been trying to do that and linda's better at it than i am but it's my brother so i'm working hard at it but anyway that's where we are in our in our life as christmas approaches and i think we mentioned this last week when we were in mexico that he passed on but now that it's really final it is really pretty amazing to think that he is not with us anymore but he was no, so he passed right after we got back well it was so, monday yeah and then we got back on saturday oh yeah Okay, well, anyway, so uh, it was really quite uh, shocking. Even though he was ready, it was a shock to us just suddenly there he went. But we're grateful for that, for the release. It was a tender mercy because he was really getting miserable. And we just had such a good talk. So sorry for that downer as an opening but we're we're gonna we're gonna rise to the occasion now because the subject that it led us to, is I think really powerful and it's a three-letter lesson we've wanted to do for a long time and now it just seemed like exactly the right time and again if you're a new listener you may be saying what it when the world is that this will be the 33rd little three-letter word or abbreviation or symbol that we've done and we're we're putting these into a book that's going to be called three-letter lessons little word pegs I like to call them that that are just attitudes they're just paradigms that we think can mold how we think and how we respond to life and and how we how we how we go about living and um i'm excited about this one the the three letters are a l n which is our abbreviation for align 
being aligned and and again this is this is in honor of of my brother who who was aligned in so many ways his his uh, this is a tribute to him in my own mind because he his life was aligned with what he believed it really and truly was and and there aren't many that could say that as completely as he could his goals were aligned with God's goals for him. I felt that deeply, and I think he did. His financial affairs were aligned and in order. His his family was aligned and united and there with him when he passed. It, his life was aligned, and, and that's, that's in a way the most powerful blessing you can imagine, um, because Let's think about the word for a minute, and and as we do, maybe in the back of your mind, you can apply it to someone you know who who just seems to have their life aligned. It made me realize how unaligned parts of my life are, and and how alignment of life and goals and plans and character and and faith and all those things are something we have to work at all the time. It doesn't just happen. Well, especially at Christmas time. Yeah. Because I feel like especially for women, for moms and grandmas, it is so hard to keep your your mind aligned with what the season is really about. I mean, if we can just remember as we're out searching for gifts that we're we're giving service to people, we're doing this because we love people and we're doing that because we love our savior. It's all about the savior for us at Christmas time. But sometimes I think we lose track of that. And sometimes he would be saying, you know, this guy is not going to, he's not going to care one bit, whether he likes this or that or the other, just choose something because he'll know that you love him. I just think it's so important to do that. And just whenever you're serving during the day, just you're remembering him. That's what it's all about. So so there's so many applications to the, the concept of align uh, now, alignment is is a noun, but align is a verb. How do we align our lives? How do we put them in order? And and there's so many examples. You just gave a great one, Linda. Are 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 the feelings we want to have about Christmas and about Christ's birth are they aligned with the reality of the commercialism and all the nonsense and all the hassle that sometimes goes into it? Can we find alignment there? Can we find alignment in you know, just how we approach each day. Can we get ourselves aligned? You, I think when we had nine little kids running around in our house, alignment was kind of the furthest thing from <laughs> our mind, but it probably shouldn't have been. Nothing, yeah, but nothing was aligned then. Nothing was lined up. Somebody was mad at somebody or somebody had <laughs> lost their homework every single day. And it, but still, you know, if you could just calm your mind in the morning, I, you I, used to get you used to go and get aligned by locking yourself in the bathroom. Yes, I did. <laughs> I I would go in the bathroom and lock the door, and even if there's kids pounding on it, I need I need lunch money. I've lost my shoes and all that. I would just think I'd look in the mirror and think, you know, I know I'm going to be walking out in the middle of a of a hurricane here. I just know that I am. But no matter what happens, I'm going to be the calm center of this storm. And I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be. And it was really nice to talk myself through that. But it didn't always work. Right, right. But it helped a lot of the time. I mean, I'm just thinking, okay, I knew this was coming. And I'm just going to be calm. Well, and you didn't, we didn't use this word to describe it then. But that's a perfect example of aligning. You were trying to align 
your spirit and your demeanor and your attitude and your emotions, you were trying to align them with the kind of mother you wanted to be and to walk out and calmly approach whatever problems were there. I used to do it as I'd pull into the garage after work and, and that, that transition of trying to leave what leave work behind and go into the home. And I'd, I'd just sit there for a few minutes sometimes and sort of try to imagine that I was going to walk into chaos. <laughs> and when I knew you were there, I was thinking, I wish that guy would get in here and help yeah. <laughs> And that I was going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So alignment, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating word. We're going to take just a little break and we're, we're going to really dissect the word and, and talk about how we can align ourselves a little bit better. We've got some interesting metaphors. I mean, you're probably all thinking of getting your car aligned or, you know, getting things so they're not bouncy anymore. And so they run a little smoother. And so stay with us and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Uh, while we were gone, we got totally aligned here. And we are really <laughs> focused. And uh, because we're sitting in a, a kitchen chairs without any children around, and uh, I was just Fires thinking, going, I was thinking this morning, outside. oh my goodness, we're remember aligned. those days when the kids were breaking things and crying and having stuff, stuff going on. Knocking the Christmas tree knocking over. Knocking it over. In fact, we hung We used Christmas to hang tree. our Christmas We found the only way to keep it from getting knocked over was to tie a rope around the top of it and hang it from a beam in the ceiling. They could swing it, but they couldn't knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, it is a peaceful uh, experience here. And I do every morning when I wake up, I realize that our children have been up for hours, probably dealing with all kinds of things that are crazy, not in align, not in alignment. Well, but, there's a whole, uh, there's a whole other way to look at the term, Linda. I appreciate that. Like, are we aligned with each other? What, what relationships, What which of your important relationships are aligned? That doesn't mean they're without disagreement or without difference, but are they aligned in the sense that they're working, you know, they're smooth? Let's, let's think about it as an automobile metaphor, right? You go, you go in and you get your, your car aligned, you get your wheels aligned because they're, because the car is bouncing because it's not, running smoothly right. on the road right and the tires are a little out of sync one of them's towed in a little or something they're not aligned they're not straight and and that's what we need to do with our lives and and what else do you do when you go in for an alignment you say will you with my wheels and tires will you align and balance balance right balance which, my wheels which matches so well because when and balance gets a lot of play, right? We wrote a book called Life Balance, and and we speak a lot on balance. And you hear and read all over the place how to get work-family balance and how to get this kind of balance and so on. It just happens a lot. And so how do we how do we get it? How but but it is it, 
balance gets talked a lot, about a lot. Alignment, which is sort of, I think, kind of almost comes before balance. It's almost a prerequisite of balance. doesn't get talked about as much. Right. And as you mentioned, just briefly, you just went over the top, you know, are you aligned with your spouse? Yeah. Uh, and so, no, not always. Um well, it's a constant adjustment, isn't it? It is. A I mean, no one, when you take your car in, I'm on the car kick now, you don't say, okay, will you permanently align my car? I don't <laughs> want to ever have to do this again, you know? And they'll say, well, you're going to hit a rock or you're going to hit a curb or something's going to happen that will knock that car out of alignment. You're going to have to bring it back. And isn't that exactly what happens in our lives? Yes, it is. Yeah, a marriage couple, we align ourselves, we're feeling pretty good, and then we have a blowout or a disagreement or something happens, or maybe it's a tragedy, whatever. And we, we find out we're not we're not aligned and we gotta keep on aligning is a progressive thing. It is. In fact, I'm smiling while you're talking because we're not exactly aligned at what's gonna happen in the next hour and a half at our house because I am determined to go <laughs> down to Provo to see our little granddaughters play, but it is snowing like crazy here. And it's not supposed to have been snowing. And, and I'm so, just saying, Linda, you're not going if it's still snowing. And so and I'm we're, going, we're, yeah, I'm going, I've told her uh, I'm coming. Uh, I have well, a gift for her. Uh, so we'll let you know how we'll that, let works, you know out how that works out. But, but uh, it really, it, you can't always be aligned. You have to sort through things and then balance what really is important, what isn't important and so on, and then go forward. And, and but before the show ends, we want to get to the question of how, how do you do that? ongoing aligning in your life about in all the ways we've talked about but lots of examples spring to mind right because you just we, we just pointed out that you you know get you get bumped out of alignment you have to bring it back whether it's a relationship or whether it's uh, trying to align your goals with god's will or trying or whether to, something unexpected comes up or you know whatever it is and doesn't that remind you of not an automobile but an airplane you know that the fact that when we were flying back from the Yucatan the other day, and I, I like to watch the the screen that shows the route of the plane and so on, and, and you realize that you're never exactly on course. Well, you are a little bit, but but you're, the, the pilot or the autopilot is constantly realigning, so you're back on course, back on course, back on course, and and you're on course for a minute, but then you may drift one way or the other way. It's like it's like one of our church leaders way back in the day uh, said something that sort of relates. He said, uh, I I don't find myself constantly on the straight and narrow path, but I try to cross over it as often as I can. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get too far to right. either side. And so, that's the way we are with our lives. Wow, we just think something's going to go just perfect this way. And then something happens inevitably that it just doesn't work out like that. It's working out all those little things that happen to get you back into alignment that are important. The unexamined life is not worth living. There's a philosophical way of saying the same thing. We, we examine our lives are they in harmony? Are they in alignment with what we want them to be? And the answer is never yes, perfectly. Although, again, what prompted this show is that my brother's life was 
about as perfectly aligned as I can imagine anyone's life being. And that's why he was ready to go. Well, he, we just found, they, they went with us to New York recently, um, in September, actually. Before and, he knew. Yeah, before he knew. And he was tired and we were sad that he was tired, but that was obviously why. But he, um, his wife told us, and we've spent a lot of time with him in the last few years because they uh, have moved back closer to us. And it really is amazing. She said he gets up at 5 a.m. every morning and does two hours of exercise because he has mm-hmm. a bad back and he knows if he takes care of that. But he's while he's doing the exercise, he's listening to podcasts and to scriptures and to other things. things. Well, but then, then, after that, yeah. then he spends an hour with the scriptures or some something that's inspiring, an taking article notes, he's read, writing taking in his notes. journal. Oh my goodness, he has massive journals. And we had no idea that he was doing that all these years. And I don't know when he started that, but he was, he and his wife are mission leaders up in Toronto a few years ago. Maybe he started then, but it is quite remarkable how ready he was because he had aligned his life to go to heaven. So I think that he stands for us, and this is our tribute to him today, he stands as an example of deliberate alignment daily deliberate alignment you can't get too far off the course if you're realigning yourself every day can most of us do that i don't know i don't think so i i try i i think i do my best realigning on sundays and we you know many of you know we've talked about it many times before we have a a sunday session together and really when you think about it honey that's what we're doing we're we're aligning ourselves with each other we're aligning ourselves with our relationships with our children we're reevaluating our goals or what we're trying to do that year or that month and is it aligned with what our faith tells us that god wants us to do and is it aligned with the best selves that we can be and it's it's basically an alignment process yeah it really is and it gives me a chance to air out things that I've been mad at you about. Right, we, right. I used to just do it, you know, on the, we just, on the moment, we are going to have a big, big argument, but I've learned to wait, if it's not serious, to wait until Sunday and say this, you really made me feel sad when this happened. And you should just know that. And like, you, you've been great to say, okay, yeah, I get it. And actually what I would do is defend myself, but you don't, you just say, yeah, I did that wrong. That's okay. Let's get back in line. I'll get back in line. Well, but, I guess I guess if you're going to link one word, <coughs> oh, excuse me, to the idea of alignment, it would be repenting or improving or or trying. And and and, and I don't think I don't think good alignment requires or involves a lot of guilt. I mean, maybe maybe feeling like we're not doing as well as we should on something as a motivation to to try to do better, but not the kind of guilt and shame that causes that often works the opposite. When when we were leading missionaries in, in England, the ones the ones that really went off the deep ends were the ones who started feeling guilt and then started saying, well, I'm already a bad person who doesn't matter what I do now. And they'd, they'd, yeah. they'd go further yeah. and so on. So it's, we're not suggesting guilt or shame. We're just suggesting the idea of some kind of deliberate 
re-examination with, with the conscious goal of aligning yourself. And especially at this season, I think it's just so important. You don't worry too much about uh, gifts. You, you worry about big gifts. I worry about a whole lot of little gifts. Um, I'm so grateful for you doing that, by and, the way. Well, sometimes I just think, oh my gosh, I've got to make sure I am I am doing this for the right reason, but that I'm not driving myself crazy trying to find where what needs to be done and everything. And I've just worked on simplifying, simplifying, but there's still a lot to do. And so it's stressful when you wake up at Christmas, and especially those of you with little children or grandchildren, it really is a hard thing to do to keep your focused and to keep aligned because it's like, what am I going to do today? Oh, no, I've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And then it snows, and so you can't even get out, and then you're you're frustrated. I just think you really, if we think about, am I aligned here? What can I do to get back in line, get back in the spirit of remembering I'm doing this for a good reason? So it's kind of another take on the old adage that we need to sharpen our saw fairly often. We can't just be out there sawing away, sawing away, and the saw the saw is getting duller and duller, and we're getting more and more in a rut or a routine. We've got to pause, sharpen the saw, and then make it effective. Now, I think for 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 people of faith, the this whole idea of alignment takes on a whole bigger bigger picture. Um, in fact, in our faith, we we believe in something called foreordination. It's a very interesting term. I'm endlessly intrigued by that. And I don't mean by that predestination. I think predestination in a way is a damning sort of doctrine. Like I'm predestined to do everything I'm going to do. I can't change it. Anyway, that, that can create all kinds of problems, mental and spiritual. But foreordination in the sense of our belief that we lived before this earth and that we came here with certain gifts that we developed in a pre-mortal time and with certain opportunities and, and perhaps certain expectations from our Heavenly Father of things we should do, and that part of life, part of mortality, is to seek out and discover what those foreign nations are. And that can get a little frightening if you think about it, like someone who thinks he's accomplished a lot and 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 dies and gets on the other side and realizes he's sort of he he climbed a big ladder but the ladder was leaned on the wrong wall he was supposed to be doing he was more suited to something he didn't do and i don't think you want to get into that kind of analysis paralysis but just the idea of seeking prayerfully as well as through meditation and self-examination what is my foreordination? What is my purpose? What is my, again, I don't want to say destiny because that implies you, you don't have control over it, but what are the things that I was sent here to do? And to spend a little time on that deliberately once a week, as we try to do once every day, as my beloved brother did and probably still does, Find I guess that's our challenge to you to think about as the new year approaches. Um, maybe some kind of a, a, a New Year's resolution about some deliberate way, regular, some recurring deliberate way that you seek to align your spirit and your emotion and your body and your goals with with God's will. 
Yeah, it's something that we really all need to take a moment during this busy time to think about. And I was just thinking of, we saw a concert this week that was so full of passion, so amazing. Yeah, It was the MCO choir, the Millennial Choir and Orchestra with, you know, thousands of people. It seemed like, I mean, there were six of our grandchildren in it. Symphony Hall was smashed. And I just thought, these guys woke up one morning and said, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We are yeah, going to align weird. our lives with music and get a lot of people excited and passionate about it. And they have just done it. Not that we can all be them, but we have our own passion to work on. So we hope you think about how you're aligned with what your passion really is this week. And we hope you'll three, join us again. Three-letter lesson, A-L-N, aligned. Give it a little thought and we'll... See you next time on Fires on the Road. Bye-bye.